Welcome to Stories That Shape Us. My name is Joanna Daniel. Stories That Shape Us is a daily podcast where I share my perspective on how different experiences influence our view of self, how we interact with others, and how we show up in the world. Hello and welcome to this episode of Stories That Shape Us. Today I had an interesting conversation with my son as we drove we were together, we were alone as we drove to exams and he was reflecting on the day. I, I asked him a question, that a curious question. I said, how do you manage to, when you go in your exams, to not think about, he was on social media before we went in and he said, I, I just compartmentalize. And I thought, mm. all, all to be a teenager, I thought to myself, you know, how easy it is to to compartmentalize. But I, I, I kind of, I, I have a little bit of an understanding how the brain works. And I, I said to myself, hmm, I wonder how he does that and have access to other parts of his brain. And so when we were coming home, he, maybe he was thinking about that and reflecting on it. And so when we were coming home, he said, how, how, you know why I don't get stressed? He said something to that effect. It's because I, um, I learn how to shut my emotions down. And I'm thinking, a couple of things happened for me at the same time. I'm thinking, oh my dear, this one has a has a trauma response, which is fr- freeze is this trauma response, and so um, many things run through my mind at that time. Thinking, okay, I want him to have healthy responses, I want him to have good automatic response, I want him to be aware of them, and I want him to do these things. You know, that would happen in a perfect world, and because the world's not perfect, here is one despite what I do and what I teach, his, he has developed that as a strategy. And so I said, you know, not, nobody, can, nobody can shut down their emotions forever. And, uh, and we've had conversations, similar conversations to this before, but I was walking him through what happens to our bodies when we, when we, not allow, when we don't allow ourselves to feel and how, as scary as it might feel sometimes, feeling is the best thing to do. It's best, it's best if you allow yourself to feel the feeling and to use to good, healthy tools to work through the feeling versus allow yourself to, to, um, to not feel. Because I said, you know, that's not sustainable because you won't be able to not feel for, forever. And I was able to talk him through some of the behavioral problems that come as a result of us not allowing ourselves to feel, to feel the sadness and and, and know what the sadness feels like and use good coping strategies to work through the sadness. And he's, he's nodding and he's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can only hope that, you know, as a teen, you're planting seeds and they're going to bear good fruits. And that as he grow up, he'll be able to have access to, you know, know how to access all a range of emotions. Um, and I was reading later on how sometimes when we grow up in family systems where emotions are not allowed how we learn how to shut it down. And so I'm reflecting on that and I thought, that's not, that's not his story. He, you know, he can access emotions. He can, emotions are allowed in our house. You can cry, you can become angry, you can do whatever and we'll work through it. And I know he knows that. And so his strategy was developed for different reasons. And as I, as I was talking to him and we were having this conversation and we were talking about the nervous system and the brain and the body and how important it is to allow yourself to feel, 
I realized that how much again, once again, it, it occurred to me how life is not as neat as we'd like it to be. How everything would always be in a nice package. How, you know, sometimes there are going to be things and situations that we have to deal with that are, that are not, not favorable. And how come a teenager uh, learned that if I feel I might become overwhelmed with feelings and I don't want to become overwhelmed. And so I'm learning how to, to, um, early how to not feel. And I said, well, everybody has to feel we, you can't go through life not feeling because one day your body's going to just say it's enough and it's going to either break down physically or mentally. Because I said, you know, repressed pain must express itself and you know, it's going to express itself in some way. And I'd rather you start to practice to allow yourself to feel a little bit now so that you can, um, so that you can have those tools. And I always feel like sometimes they come with these conversations when they want to tell me something, maybe something that's going to be deep or big, or it's big for them. And they maybe think it might be big for mommy too. So let me test the waters to see if she can manage it before, before I tell her. But as I was talking to him, I, re- I realized that there are people in his family that coping strategies that use that trauma response, use that response. And I thought, well, there's so many things that we inherit. There's so many things that didn't start with us. There's so many things that we're having to heal from and grow through that we didn't develop those there are inherited tendencies. There are things that we learn through our environment. There's so many things that we're up against. So when we're healing, there, there's, we, if we have to widen the frame a little bit when we're healing and just not allow ourselves to have a narrow view of what's going on. And sometimes I know people beat themselves up because their, their trauma response is anger and they feel lots of shame because they go in their fight response. There's a lot of shame around it, a lot of um, regret and guilt and all of those things that goes in it because we don't know that sometimes that's not, I didn't even develop that. I inherited that. I lived in an environment where I saw it happen. I realized that sometimes our, our four parents use that response, our uncles and aunties are using that response, a parent used that response, and we inherited that response. And it matches sometimes our temperament, our personality, and you know, other things will happen in the environment that makes it fit. But sometimes we don't, um, we don't, it's not us that develop it. And so as we're learning new coping strategies, we're also changing and breaking something that is coming down through the generations. And I like to tell my children about the, the promise that says that the sins of the fathers will not visit the third and fourth generation of them that love me and keep my commandments. And, you know, that, that's, an, that's a path out of changing your response. And so when I was talking to him and I was sharing with him, you know, other people in, in, his, in his father's family that have that trauma response and how much you, some of the things that will happen as a result the, the passive behavior, the vulnerability that is not vulnerability, that is the vulnerability that is courage, that is good, but the vulnerability that will expose you to harm and how much it's important. And I'm doing this trying not to 
let the urgency, uh, letting hear the urgency in my voice, but doing it in a way that was teaching. But as I was teaching him and I was walking through with him, I was learning too. I was learning again about the power of DNA, the power of inherited tendencies, the power of things that starts from the generation above us that we are, we are, we're saddled with, we're, we're having to deal with. And so I wanted to share that with you just in case you are working through something and it feels like it's taking long, you're struggling and you don't know why your breakthrough is not coming. And is it because you are working through something that starts in the generation above you? And so understanding that might put it in a different frame. It might make you be more empathetic with yourself. You might be more patient with yourself as, you, as you're working on it. Because now there is a, a renewed motivation to work on it, not just from a perspective of I need to change. I need healthier trauma responses or I need to widen this, um, the space between my trigger and my automatic response. If this is my automatic response, what I'm saying is that sometimes our automatic response is inherited. And we can widen the space between our trigger and our automatic response so we never get to this inherited tendency that we, somebody else cultivate, we inherit, and we're cultivating through our own experiences and the things that have happened to us. It's really important that widen the frame as you're healing, look at the things that you're working on, look at the strategies that you're trying to change, and look at it in its entirety and see which part started with you and which part didn't. Because one, one of the things that that will do is to give you a strategy of how to pray and a strategy of how to approach healing. It really is important as we look at the, 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 um, the generations above us, what does that look like, right? So I, I hope that was able to set somebody free. If you're battling with something that didn't start with you and it feels overwhelming and it feels like you're never going to get rid of this thing, you can one day at a time, but this awareness and this understanding of, well, where did it come from could help you to break through to that place that you want to be and to widen your window of tolerance, widen the space between your trigger and automatic response so you can enjoy peace of mind and on your healing journey. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Stories That Shape Us. I hope you'll join me on the next story. Thank you for listening to Stories That Shape Us with Joanna Daniel. To learn more about Wounds to Scars and the work that we do with adult survivors of childhood trauma and women who experience abuse, you can visit our website at woundstoscars.com.